1: And now, it's time for a Deep South legend that's been keeping it real here in Atlanta for over two decades. It's the Buck Blue Show, only on The Fan.
2: Here we go, Buck Blue Show, keeping it real here on The Fan. Hope your Thursday is off to a great start. The weekend is getting closer and closer. And we are broadcasting live from the Battery Atlanta... We are the college football voice of the South. And the Blue Show runs 10 to 11, Monday through Friday, here on The Fan. 10 o'clock hour, brought to you by our good friends at Dupree Plumbing, the plumber I trust. Go with Dupree and get $50 off your next plumbing service. You tell them you heard it on 680 and the Blue Show. They have taken care of us. We love these folks. Over 50 years in the metro Atlanta market getting the job done. Dupree sponsoring the 10 o'clock hour on the show. All right, we got DT in position, Road Dog in position. I believe we're ready to go.
1: Bucks Big Take.
2: Yesterday wasn't Spencer Strider's day. The Braves' hard-throwing right-hander was hoping to win the National League Cy Young Award. But there was one number that held him back. 3.86. That killed his chances for winning. Baseball voters could not overlook it. 3.86. So Blake Snell won the award for the second time. And now he hits free agency. As you know, Strider was dominant this past season, led Major League Baseball in wins, winning percentage, strikeouts, strikeout rate, and FIP. What's that? You don't know what FIP is? Oh, that was really nice. Fielding independent pitching, which basically eliminates balls in play. One of those advanced analytics. Did you know Strider did not receive one first place vote? He finished fourth. So, why did the writers downgrade him? Were they biased? Well, no. It was that 3.86 thing that got in the way. That was his ERA. And that would have been the highest of any Cy Young Award winner in the history. Of the Cy Young Award. But know this. Spencer Strider. Is only 25 years old. Next season will be only his third season. In a major league rotation. He's going to take the ball over 30 times again. He's going to be surrounded with great talent. And count on this. This. 99 will win the Cy Young Award soon. And you can count on that.
1: I mean, that's just the way we roll here.
2: He's going to win it. It was just that ERA that got in the way this time time around. So a little bit disappointing. Hey, let's see what else is popping out there. Let's find out what's popping. Let's see what's popping, brother. The most valuable players in Major League Baseball will be announced this evening. Six o'clock today, we're going to find out who's the American League most valuable player. We don't really care about that here in Atlanta. We care about the other one, the National League most valuable player award announced at 6 p.m. Eastern time on MLB Network. And it better be Ronald Acuna Jr. (laughs) It better be. The other finalists, two Dodgers, Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman. Now, Cunha led the National League in runs, hits, stolen bases, on-base percentage, OPS. And he was the first player in baseball history to hit 40-plus home runs and steal more than uh, 70 or more bases. I'm back. Plus, and I think this is important... Some of these writers and, and voters don't, but I believe it's very important. Acuna led the way as the Braves had the best record in Major League Baseball. Never understood the most valuable player going to a team with that didn't make the postseason. That had a losing record. Never really understood that concept. Most valuable player to me means your team did something special that season, and you put up some huge numbers, and that's Ronald Acuna Jr. I'm guessing we'll hear some good news coming down about 6.05 tonight, so stay tuned for that. And there's a, a big court hearing coming up tomorrow Got Michigan and Harbaugh. In that stealing sign scheme, the espionage. I mean, I'll answer your questions, not your insults, so. That involved the uh, Connor Stallions dude, who Harbaugh's trying to act like acted alone. I mean, he was all on his own with this one. He was a motivated staffer that was out to impress the head coach and the assistant coaches so he could be a full-time member of that coaching staff. That's what they're trying to portray this as. He was
3: going rogue with nothing nobody else knew about it. That reminds me of a line uh, that sounds like a lack of institutional control to me, Buck. You know, he never filed an
2: expense report.
3: No? (laughs) That had to stick
2: out like a sore thumb, right? I mean, Harbaugh would have heard about that. You know, you got this guy out there scouting, and he hadn't turned in an expense report yet. And so he's not exactly making the uh, salary of a uh, assistant coach in 2023. Dude would have gone broke paying for travel, tickets, hotels, flights,
3: rental cars, food. I mean, add all that up. The Sacrifice he's making for the program, Buck. And yet during the Michigan games, apparently,
2: uh, seemingly he had the attention of the head coach The defensive coordinator and the offensive coordinator during the game. Part of the game day execution. Hey, go over and ask him what he thought that sign uh, was they just handed out over there on the other sideline. Yeah, Stallions, get over here. All right, what play are they going to run? What coverage are they in? Seriously. Personally, I think that's a bunch of crap. Now, they're arguing uh, also, uh, Michigan, they will argue tomorrow that the Big Ten overstepped their boundaries by suspending Harbaugh three games. And the Big Ten should respond by saying we've had an eye on him uh, because uh, right now he's had three suspensions in less than 12 months. I mean, mean, uh, it sort of sticks out like a sore thumb, right? I mean... They sort of expect Harbaugh to be cheating at this point in time. And that's what's popping. All right, coming up on the other side, man, we're going to dive into this Georgia-Tennessee matchup in Knoxville. Got Chip Towers lined up. He's coming on, plus jackets. We'll even talk Georgia State and Falcons coming up in the next segment, believe it or not. You got the Blue Show here on The Fan, 680 and 93.7. That big take brought to you by our good friends at Dayco Systems Heating and Air. For your HVAC repair, contact locally owned Dayco Systems at DaycoSystems.com. Keeping Atlanta comfortable one home at a time. And do you want to win a Carson Beck autographed jersey? Dog fans, zero FG energy drink. That's zero FG energy drink. Giving away a Carson Beck signed jersey on Monday, November the 20th. To get entered, follow them on Instagram at ZeroFGEnergy and like the giveaway post and tag two friends or family in the comments, and boom, you're entered to win an autographed Carson Beck jersey. Let's get to the roundtable.
1: The fan is proud to be the official sports talk station of the Dogs. And it's time for Bulldog Roundtable with Buck Balloon. 25-20, March 9, 15, 10, 5. Get in there, touchdown! Bulldog Roundtable is proudly presented by Georgia's own credit union, Georgia Pack and Load, Finley Roofing, and by attorney Ken Nugent. And that's going to be the ballgame. Georgia will win this ballgame. Only on the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM
2: and Hobson Newsmaker line and bring on big friend of the show, Chip Towers joins us, getting ready to hit the road up to Knoxville Chip, it seems like you've been at home every weekend this football season you ready to hit the road? Yeah, I guess so you know,
6: Knoxville's okay, I guess Uh, it's always fun you know, going to to Neyland Stadium Uh, you wouldn't know it from Georgia's record in uh, recent years up there but it is a you know a, a tough place to play an exciting place to play uh they definitely get loud up there and uh you know it's it is a pretty vista uh for the most part um driving up there down Nayland Drive and next to the Tennessee River and all that um but yeah I you know I I'm looking forward to it it's a it's a big one um you don't want to, you know, you, you definitely don't want to find out what happens if you lose it. So uh, there's always that pressure. Yeah,
2: they would be uh, probably criticizing Mike Bobo at some point in time if that happens. So Yeah, well, well, that's happening anyway. Exactly. We'll hit that in a minute. So what do uh, Georgia fans need to know about this matchup with Tennessee?
6: Well I mean I you know I think it's uh a uh, a good one right uh, I mean for the most part uh, uh you know I think Tennessee is is kind of uh strong where Georgia's a little bit vulnerable uh, and vice versa I think their defense is better than uh you know it has been in recent years um I think their offense is is um Troublesome, you know, certainly when uh, you have the type of run game that they do. And anytime you're playing a quarterback that has the uh, mobility that Joe Milton has and the arm that he has, um, you know, a guy like that can really, you know, make you suffer playing well at home. They got a 14 game home winning streak there. Last team to beat them, uh, you know, in Nealand Stadium was Georgia. And um, so, you know, well, I'm really intrigued to kind of find out what their mental state is because, you know, I mean that was the worst loss in the Josh Heupel era, 36 to seven at Missouri last week, uh, and and I say that realizing that last year's debacle at Columbia was pretty bad, but in just in terms of margin of defeat, um, it was the worst, and that knocked them out of everything. Right? They were still holding on to some hopes of. Uh, you know, maybe being able to backdoor their way into Atlanta or what have you. Um, All that's out the window now, New Year's Six Bowl, all that kind of stuff. So what is their mental state going to be? I mean, you know, you know and I know, Buck, I think that just just hatred for Georgia and wanting to wreck their season would probably be motivation enough for the ball nation and for the balls themselves, Um, but we'll find out on Saturday.
2: What are the chances Georgia has a little bit of a letdown emotionally coming off two really huge wins? And Kirby's already admitted that Tuesday practice didn't go
1: well.
6: Yeah, I mean, you got you to gotta be concerned about that a little bit. I mean, it kind of, you know, they scoff at it. You know, the Bulldogs do whenever we bring it up or whatever. But there is stress involved, whether they want to admit it or not with the perfection that they have going here, 27 straight victories. Uh, You don't ever, you know, I mean, you don't want to lose. And, um, you know, that's nearly impossible at this level of sport. It just is. And, uh, you know, sooner or later... Uh, there's going to be a slip up, uh, you know, some 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 wacky fumbles or you know weird things that happen. Uh, you've already seen Georgia, you know, navigate all kinds of injury situations. Actually, it looks like the worst of that is behind them um, at the moment. But you know they recruit players too, and there's good ones up there, and um, you know there'll be thanks to Dolly Parton's shout-out, right? You know, there's going to be 102,000 <laughs> people there is what we we understand. Now, a lot of those are going to be Georgia fans. I, I know that because, um, you know, early on, my wife was looking for tickets and they were really hard to come by, and suddenly they're not as hard to come by, um, you know. So whether that's, uh, <laughs> you know, what that ends up looking like, we'll see. But, uh, you know, uh, it, it's a dangerous, dangerous game, And uh, but Georgia has so much going for it right now. So much history, uh, you know, a a win here would be the 28th in a row, which would tie the longest streak in SEC history, Uh, you know, tying some guy named Bear Bryant and Gene Stallings for, uh, you know, consecutive victories. So Georgia's in some deep, deep, deep water right now. Uh, And, you know, every passing victory, every time they go through, uh, a weekend unscathed, uh, you know, it's another historical landmark.
2: Chip, do you believe that Carson Beck deserves to be in this Heisman race?
6: Yeah, I mean, I you know, based on everything else, you know, you are seeing right now. I mean, the, most of the discussion is Bo Nix and, and Jaden Daniels. And, you know, and both those guys are great players uh, on good teams. But it's funny, Carson is almost overlooked, it seems like, in – in all these discussions yet you sit there and you look and the dude is is completing 72 percent of his passes and you know that's one thing if you're dinking and dunking all over the place and certainly georgia you know thrives and flourishes with a controlled passing game but you know they get it down the field too a good bit and uh you know i think just his overall management of the offense is unbelievable. And, and, you know, he's got what, 18 touchdowns and five interceptions. And, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I can't remember every one of those interceptions, um, vividly, but most of them are, are, you know, kind of of the fluke variety, you know, somebody gets a hand on it. Uh, you know, the, uh, well, I know at least one bounced off the receiver, who should have had it, bounced off his hands and ends up as an interception. Uh, the one last week, you know, you're trying to go down and score at the end of the second quarter, is deflected and ends up in the defensive hands. I mean, he, he you know, it, you're never going to play perfect in football, but he's getting real close. <laughs> he's, he's doing a good job. and and uh, Yeah, he's
2: spinning you know, that I, thing down intermediate to deep too, which is what I appreciate. With him at 6'5", can work the entire field. That's what's really impressed me.
6: Yeah, and, he, and he's starting to show a little mobility, right? I mean, yeah. uh, it's not just, I mean, anybody can, you know, run with the ball when you need to, but, you know, you can just tell that he just has a lot more confidence on on when to do it and, and how to do it. He looks a lot better. And listen, last week against Ole Miss, a team that, uh, you know, was one of the leading uh, SEC teams in sack, he didn't get touched. Um, and you've kind of the same situation. Oh, man, are you kidding me? uh he was he was bragging about it the the only dirt on his uniform after the game that he put on there himself when he slid for first downs on runs. That's a great day.
2: Chip, help me understand why there th- these critics for Mike Bobo. I- I'm convinced they're laying in the weeds and they're waiting on an opportunity to come back out and scream about Bobo is is terrible. I, I just don't understand it. This guy was a really successful Georgia quarterback. He's he's a Georgia native. Uh, you know, a high school Hall of Famer here in the state of Georgia. What is it about some of these Georgia fans that just can't wait to criticize Bobo, whose offense has been phenomenal this season?
6: Yeah, no, I mean, there's just some people that, uh, uh, you know, you're going to believe what you believe, uh, you know, no matter what. In fact, I, you know, I, I, there's a pre, I saw earlier this morning, or it was late yesterday, one of the two, I can't remember, you know, a pretty, a pretty, uh, uh, a strong uh, debate going on between, you know, a couple of fans, you know, insisting that, you know, Bobo's just not elite as a offensive coordinator and play caller. And listen, I, l- let me tell you, I mean, you know, not only is he up for the Broyles award right now, but you and I have known Mike for a long time and, you know, the best offenses George has ever had in history were while he was coordinating the offense for Mark Rich still to this day you know he was the offensive coordinator of record coming back now after a head coaching stint at colorado state and offensive coordinator gigs at auburn in south carolina mike Bolo's is like a kid in a candy store no other time in his career has he had the toys to play with that he has to play with right here in georgia and he knew that he knew that last year i happened to talk to him uh there was a gig for uh, Ray Lamb last year, re- re- retiring. I got a chance to talk to him a little bit when he was doing the analyst role for Georgia. And he was just talking about how awesome it had been, not, not just being back at Georgia, but seeing what has happened to the program, the metamorphosis that's occurred under his good friend Kirby Smart. And so that translates to guys like, you know, Tate Ratliff and various Mims and Ernest Green playing up front, you know, Brock Bowers. A generational tight end running around out there, Lad McConkey doing what he does, uh, you know Carson Beck calling the plays. I mean, this is exciting for a guy like who, who's called plays his entire life. Uh, so he's having a good time. Really, doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. Kirby going to win
2: SEC Coach of the Year? Or is that going to Drinkwitz?
6: Well, you know, I, I, it sounds like it's going to Drinkwitz or or Saban possibly. You know, that's the. What? That's the inter- that's the interesting thing. I've I've been sort of surveying that situation, and and you see uh, Nick Saban's name come up there, and it's interesting. You know, over the years, if you look at uh, you know coaches like Kirby Smart and Nick Saban, the guy who's winning them all, w- winning them all, rarely gets the coach of the year, and I don't know why that is. I certainly Drinkwitch has done a fantastic job. I mean, I think everybody knew they were going to be competitive this year. I don't think anybody knew they would be the second best team in the SEC East necessarily. Um, but, you know, I listen, I think Kirby should be up for every coach of the year award just in the grand context of things, you know, back, yeah, back-to-back national champs and all that, but a complete rebuild. 38 players drafted off this team the last three years, and you're still – undefeated, uh, and I think that's an incredible accomplishment that speaks to, uh, you know, not just Kirby Smart, but the, you know, and the entire staff that he has assembled assembled around and uh, and the, just the motivational techniques they use week in and week to keep this team on edge all the time. It's an incredible accomplishment.
2: Chip, enjoy that trip to Knoxville, and we'll be following you at AJC.com. All right. Thank you, man. Thanks, Chip. Chip Towers. Covering those Bulldogs like nobody else. And uh, we appreciate him coming on the show from time to time. In fact, we might want to, Road dog get him on the payroll at some point in time. DT, let's talk Georgia Tech. How about Tech? You got that Tech Fight song you can crank up? I, you know, I, here's what I, makes I don't understand is, uh, is I heard the locker room show talking, I believe it was yesterday, and they were having a conversation about how um, you got the Tech head coach, who is promoting Brent Key, is openly admitting the importance of this game against Syracuse coming up on Saturday. We're the home of the Jackets, if you're wondering. Baloo, what are you doing? We're the home of the Jackets, man. So the locker room's talking about Brent Key and how he's gone public with this. This is an important game and I think it was Hutt saying he just didn't get it because like Kirby over in Athens, he does not ever do that. All the games are the same. And I wanted to pick up the phone and say, Hutt, come on, man. I mean George's program is way up here. They're going for a three P. Tech under Brent Key, they're trying to they're trying to build something. Uh, they're trying to uh raise themselves above Just this uh, uh, losing that's been going on down there on the flats under Jeff Collins, trying to raise this program back up. So I think it's really two situations here. Uh, It is important for Georgia Tech to win this game on Saturday, and if that puts a little more pressure on the players, then so be it. So be it. I mean, they... um, They addressed this goal prior to the season getting underway, and that was winning six games and lifting this program to take the Jackets back to a bowl game where they hadn't been recently. And let me tell you what the priority is going to be for Tech to make that happen against Syracuse on Saturday. After that, it'll be Georgia. Chances are they're not going to be able to take down the Bulldogs. So you got to win this one Saturday at home against the Orange Men. And the priority for Tech is they got to clean it up on offense. Uh, what happened a week ago was downright embarrassing. Uh, initially, it was their go-to wide receiver that dropped an early touchdown pass against Clemson up there in Death Valley. Uh, post-pattern, well-thrown ball. Dropped it would have been a touchdown. You got to make that play, and then later in the game, that, re- that same receiver dropped another potential touchdown later in the game. So offensive um, for Georgia Tech on offensive side, got to catch the ball, man. You got to make those plays when those plays are there to be made, and then you got to limit the turnovers. And the quarterback's guilty of that. Haynes King, four interceptions in that game. At Death Valley, uh, don't worry about it, Haynes. I threw five up there when I was playing quarterback at Georgia. So these things happen. you got to get it cleaned up. If you're going to beat Syracuse on Saturday, you can't be turning the ball over. Defensive side of the ball. Tech has struggled against the run. And they need to stop the run, load up uh, against the run on Saturday, especially on first and second down. If you got to put eight in the box, put eight in the box. Because the Syracuse passing game is not going to intimidate anybody. Put eight in the box, stuff the run, make Syracuse throw the football. And then you need to get off to a fast start. You got to play from out front. Buster Faulkner needed an aggressive start to the game. How do you do that with your play calling? Take some shots. Take some shots you wouldn't normally take early in the football game. Play from out front and force Syracuse to throw the football around. You know, the Saturday, I I like Tech. Waiting for it? No, I really do. There was a period at the end of that? Okay, yeah. Yeah, I like Tech Saturday. And I like the job that Brent Key has done. There's some Georgia people right now saying, Blue, how can you say that?
3: You're a bulldog. I'm just trying to be real, man. Yeah, obviously a big game for these kids. A lot of these kids have never played in a bowl game. So uh, yeah, huge, huge for the program. Yeah. Get it and yeah, like you said, done this week. You're at home under the lights. The crowd needs to show up. No excuses. Yeah, and also
2: thinking about Georgia State, the Panthers have to head down to Baton Rouge. I mean, they're playing at Tiger Stadium. The real Death Valley. The other Death Valley under the lights. And those Cajun fans are going to be all liquored up by the time they take the field down there. I mean, Georgia State, I understand they're going to cut you a big check. Maybe it looked a little more doable when they set the game, scheduled the game. Right now, it doesn't look real doable. I mean, imagine... You know, if there's one guy I wouldn't want to change places with this week, it would be Chad
3: Staggs. Do you know who that is, D.T.? I'm guessing uh, a defender or defensive coordinator for the Panthers. Yeah, that
2: is the Georgia State defensive (laughs)
3: coordinator. Having nightmares featuring Jaden Daniels all week. Yeah, I mean, he's been watching Jaden Daniels for
2: over a week now. You got to defend Jaden Daniels throwing the football, which he's done very well. NFL scouts are drooling over this guy right now you got to defend Jaden Daniels when he wants to run the football. And, boy, I tell you what, coming out of high school into Arizona State, it was really obvious that there was one thing this guy could do. He was electric running the football, and he still is. So you got to defend both those things, the pass and the run with a quarterback. And Georgia State, number 93 in scoring defense. Hmm. Jaden Daniels, let me just go ahead and make a prediction. He's going to add a couple of explosive plays to his highlight reel, his Heisman highlight reel coming up Saturday night. I feel bad for Stags. so my goodness, I wouldn't want to trade places with him. Uh, we got time to talk a little Falcons football. on know it's
1: a The Dirty Birds are in our blood. We can make time. And guys like Buck know what's happening in the huddle. Let's dive into Falcons football on The Fan.
2: So I'm anticipating the Falcons will finish the season around 7 and 10. And they will fire Arthur Smith. Gone. Three-year plan. Didn't work out. He's got to go. And then they will draft a quarterback with a first-round pick. And I will do a little digging. All right, so pretty obvious that the USC quarterback, the Heisman a Trophy winner Caleb Williams will be the first player off the board. And apparently, uh, the Chicago Bears want to make that happen. Justin Fields going to have to go play somewhere else, apparently. Gone. So Caleb Williams will be off the board after the first pick. And then Drake May, a lot of people uh, totally in love with what May brings to the table, the North Carolina quarterback. That might be the New York football Giants pulling the trigger on him or another team. I feel like both of those teams just drafted quarterbacks really high. Yeah, and then the Giants just signed their quarterback to that big money contract. Oops. And we all make mistakes. And then I think what uh, might happen is you'll see a uh, picks three to nine, let's say, will go to position players outside of the quarterback spot you look at the falcons at 7 10 they're going to be somewhere around the 10th pick of the first round 10 to 15 somewhere in there and here are the quarterbacks that will be available in my uh, just educated guess at this point in time pennix out of washington man he throws the prettiest football i've ever seen everything's a perfect spiral Penix has been awesome this year. In fact, he was awesome a year ago. A lot of NFL teams are going to fall in love with him. J.J. McCarthy out of Michigan. He had nothing to do with that uh, sign-stealing scandal. But he's playing at a high level. Uh, You look at him and you think, okay, NFL caliber stature, tall guy, Walks in the room, you think, hey, that guy looks like an NFL quarterback. He can throw in the pocket. He can throw on the run. Obviously, a pretty good leader where he has the Wolverines right now. Falcons would have a shot at Penix and J.J. McCarthy. And also have a shot at Jaden Daniels. Don't think he would go before that 10th pick. Man, how exciting would that be? That'd be the second coming of Mike Vick in this town. I'm telling you, man. Guy that can pick him up and put him down. A little uh, more advanced as a passer than Vic was coming out of Virginia Tech.
3: See, the kind of guy that might go a little higher up these draft boards as we get closer Possibly. and more people are watching. Yeah, I'm saying and he's
2: possible. working out, going to the combine. Yeah, but one of these three guys is going to be available: Penix, McCarthy, and Daniels. And I take any of the three of them. That's the draft to do it, Buck. Yeah, looking at what we're looking at right now. Yeah. There you go. A little Falcons talk during the bye week.
3: All right, coming up on the other side. Buck, why are we always looking forward when it comes to the Falcons? It's always about the future. Because we lose a lot <laughs> of the time. I like want to get you
2: 70% off of the time in our 55, 56 uh, years, we've not had a winning record. 70% of the time. That's why, DT, that's why. Thank you for clearing it up. Yeah. That makes sense. You're going to feel better when Acuna gets that Most Valuable Player Award announced later today. And if he doesn't, I'm going to rip him on tomorrow's <laughs> We'll be ready show, to raise some hell tomorrow, huh? Yes, sir.
1: All right, coming up
2: next, uh, don't want to miss the top five. Uh, DT, I think you're involved again on this. Plus, a very special event went down here at 680 The Fan. I'll tell you about that. Got the Buck Blue Show here on The Fan, 680 and 93.7.
4: a $5 minimum balance required.
5: Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com.
3: Got
2: the Bob Blue Show here on the fan, 680 and 93.7. Thanks for hanging. Keep it real Monday through Friday, 10 to 11. And do you think what it, uh, you got what it takes to be 680's next big fan? We're looking for a fresh voice to take over the podcast space at 680 The Fan. And we're going to give you the opportunity to be that voice. The three top podcast idea submissions, will interview live on the Chuck and Chernoff show with one of the podcasters stream brought to life, where you're going to record, edit, and post your podcast from our 680 podcast studio weekly for 20 episodes. Now, you might want to go ahead and reserve that spot right now to try to fit your way in there. To submit your podcast ideas and demos and take your shot, becoming the newest sports podcast on the fan, apply today at 680 slash next big fan.
1: The best in college football and the NFL. 55443. Five, it's time for Buck Baloo's Top 5. Presented by your locally owned and operated Ace Hardware. Find your neighborhood store at acehardware.com.
3: All right, DT, let's bring you back in here. You hadn't done this in a while. Ooh, Can this you still do five. it? Yeah, we're trying to put you on the uh, on a, on, a, on, a, on a spot right here, Yeah, Buck. let's see what you got today. All right, well, we're starting with uh, Braves. Rumors, should the Braves pursue... These Japanese players, Yamamoto, and of course Shohei Otani.
2: Well, I would pass on Otani. He won't be able to pitch in 24. So that value is not a, not enough for you. Yeah, I wouldn't like that. I need a pitcher for 2024. Takahashi. I would pass on Otani. Okamoto, and I would uh, I'd pass on uh, Yamamoto also. Now he looked good in the WBC. I thought he looked really really good and. Last season, I believe his ERA was 1.16. That's, man, that's pretty, pretty good. Pretty awesome. <laughs> but look, you got the Mets, the Yankees, and the Red Sox chasing the guy. Reportedly. Yeah. So they're driving up the price, man. I think I'd, uh, I'd maybe pursue somebody else and, and let Otani and Yamamoto go All play right. somewhere else.
3: Lose passing. All right, but we don't we uh. This is the only show you're gonna get some uh, some high school football talk around here. But give us a good matchup in the second round of high school playoffs. Well, I think the best matchup is we got uh,
2: Carrollton taking on Valdosta. Oh yeah, those
3: are perennial
2: powers. Valdosta, there. Yeah. the winningest high school football program in the country. Carrollton not too shabby either. Huh? Yeah, they've uh, recently they've been awesome. Yeah. They got that big time quarterback too right now. That's a big one. That's Under exciting. This is putting up some big numbers. Yeah, I think uh, my,
3: my man Matt Stewart's going to be all over the call on that one. Looking forward to Central yeah, for and Lovett. Norcross looks good, too. Ooh, all, all good matchups all over once you get deep in these Georgia high school playoffs. You're getting nothing but good matchups, Buck. All right, to the NFL. Quickly, give us an own, an underachiever, Buck, an NFL underachiever. Maybe high expectations. Let uh, Kyle Pitts. Yeah, that's a good answer. Through no fall to the zone. Uh-huh
2: seems like when you take a guy like the fourth pick of the first round, you'd be targeting that guy, especially with the skill set that he has. I mean, look at that job the Vikings have done with their tight end. Yeah, Hawkinson.
3: I yeah. mean, he's getting like 15 targets a game. And he's a really good player, but not the not the ability to get open that Kyle Pitts has. You know, I think Bryce
2: Young's probably at the top of the list right now. Yeah. Looking at the total C. QBR C. thing. CJ Stroud
3: has not been good for him.
2: Bryce Young right now. 31st out of a 32-team league in total QBR. Yeah, they're not getting a return on their investment with Bryce Young.
3: Yeah, we'll see if they can turn that around. Not not cheering too hard for them over there in Charlotte. But, all right, Buck, quickly, the college football. Who's on upset alert? Give us an upset special Saturday. Uh, I'd say Louisville. Oh, yeah, still just one loss for them, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, they're still sort of in the mix here. They get the Hurricanes.
2: Who played? You the know, state pretty tough last okay. week. Yeah,
3: hurricanes have turned it around. Yeah,
2: yeah. I'd be reluctant to bet on Louisville this week. All right, we've got the Cardinals. And, uh, keep an eye on Clemson. Big win last week over Tech, and they turn around and play North Carolina with that big-time quarterback. Bit of a letdown coming up. Tar Heels might put up some too many points for Clemson. All keep right, an eye yeah. on that
3: one. All right. Well, let's finish in the NBA, Buck. A lot of confusion. Explain these this in-season tournament games to us. How do they affect the regular season?
2: So you're asking me, do the NBA in-season tournament games count in the regular yeah, season just standings? just explain it to us. Yeah, I um, understand how it works. But. Well, no. They they do count. Yeah, they count in the standings. And this is the first thing I uh, looked up when the season got started. And all this talk about the
3: in-season tournament. That was my first thought. Was uh, do these games count? I was confused by it too. When I realized that they do, it made a lot more sense too. So these aren't just independent games for. These aren't like, extra games. Yeah, exactly, right. exactly. Like the 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 Hawks beat the beat the Pistons the other night. That counted well, as a regular no, we season. We lost win. last night though. Well, they, that was ugly. Listening to season. the Knicks like that. That was disappointing. They had control of that game, Buck. They shouldn't. Have, they had my no business in that game. Come on, Hawks. All um, uh, right, Buck. I thought we were having a good show. Come on.
1: Top five on 680 The Fan, Atlanta's sports station. That's right. College
2: football voice of the South. You can listen on 680 AM, 93.7 FM. We're streaming at 680thefan.com. Get the Fan mobile app and listen anywhere, anytime. That's dri- driven by Beaver Toyota of Coming, Beaver Direct, fastest and easiest way to shop online for your next vehicle.
1: Time for the final word. Brought to you by Howard Brothers. Keeping Georgia green since 1955.
2: Give a shout out to the boss, David Dickey. He turned 40 yesterday. Hey, happy birthday. Or was it 50? Something around there, yeah. Could have been 60. I'll just go with 50. David, happy 50th birthday. The uh, station gave him a, a surprise party yesterday. And I just hope that they didn't stick David with the tab. Seems like he's always getting stuck with the tab at the end of the parties. But on your 50th birthday, should you get stuck with the tab? I I would say no. So we appreciate you, Mr. Dickey. And uh, happy birthday
3: to you. Domino picked it up for everybody. Yeah, I don't believe that.
2: All right, that's going to do it for the Buck Palooz Show. Stick around. Nick and Chris are coming up next. Have a great rest of the day, everybody. Thank you, Buck.
5: Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. A lifetime
0: of hard work,
5: children laughing in the kitchen,